Roberto Fernandez had the cheek to tell the media that the referee should apologize. The fans will have a really short patience. Not great spending that much money on the player who's going to give you a penalty. Hello, welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast, the authentic podcast that discusses such authentic football issues like the Liverpool defensive midfield situation and Moisek Sancedo and Romeo Lavia. How are you, lads? Very well. Very, Very well good. Indeed. All right. Very well, good. We've, we've, uh, we've seen snippets. Uh, last time I was here two weeks ago, there's no talk at all about, uh, about Endo. Uh, Romeo Lavia, it's what's still Southampton... Why is this guy say, you know, there's stock, and then he finally went to you guys for 115 million in whatever currency it is. Uh, it's an absurd transfer fee, and uh, things started to look and shape up uh, the way they're going to run for the rest of the season. So we're going to discuss that on both sides, Chelsea and uh, Liverpool. Uh, the Tottenham-Manchester United game was obviously very fascinating. Uh, Ange might be cooking up something here with a few surprise faces in there. Um five red cards this game week we realized before we started recording and we went like yeah, let's talk about this because there was a few like headliner weird decisions this week so we're gonna discuss that as well and uh yeah let's uh let's let's get straight into it but first of all the women's world cup just ended england falling short on the final hurdle against uh, a Spain team who were predicted before the tournament to have just a, a a really rough time because you know there's there's been such drama before the start of the the campaign where there's like allegations of like inappropriate conduct and encouraging inappropriate conduct and 15 players had resigned or like withdrew from involvement and then some of them came back and blah 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 blah. And then they went on to win the World Cup, which is just weird. But they did win by a goal to nil. Another, a penalty missed as well. Yeah, England losing Fergal. That must be uh, good news for you, I suppose. It was, it was good again. I was a wee bit worried. But watched it. I was watching it a bit hungover as well. So it was like ha. you know, it it it, it kind of lifted my spirits a bit whenever the saw came through. But it was. Uh, I was, it was, it was, it, as the finals go sometimes, it wasn't the best game, um, but um, I thought Spain did deserve it. I thought they controlled it really well. Mm. Um, a great goal to win it as well. Yeah, um, goals were very good. Uh, um, but yeah, I thought, um, yeah, England didn't just quite ha- have enough. And then I even thought in the last few minutes, 10, 15, like there's a lot of extra time, 13 minutes of extra time. Yeah. And, um, I thought as soon as the, it went past ninety minutes, like England started just hoofing the ball instead of trying to, to, you know, they still got basically like last fifteen minutes of the game to try and work something. And I thought they just maybe lost their head a bit, maybe tired yeah. as well, mm. but they they didn't try and work it as much and uh, as as they maybe should have done. And um, but that was one thing I thought as like looking at it as. As unbiased as I could have been, I thought if I was an England fan, I would have been disappointed and frustrated by that in the last few minutes. But they put up a good fight. But Spain definitely, definitely were, were the better team. And um, 
very interesting World Cup, like because the uh, and quite a very competitive World Cup, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, and like I'll be honest, I only really watch women. I pay close attention to women's football once it comes around to to the World Cups. Um, and um, like it's come on leaps and bounds from from the last one I watched. Like there's like definitely more it's more competitive the players are are incredible some brilliant goals that um this year and and um and the and the biggest difference i found recently is the is the goalkeepers have gotten much better still a long way to go i think in terms of goalkeeping but the the um erps for england has been terrific and and um uh, so she's she's the gold standard at the moment and yeah, um, so. and ho- hopefully there's more of that to come yeah i i thought it was um there were a few there were so many like great goals it reminded me of the uh, 2018 world cup a bit where there's just like this mm. massive collection of bangers um my my favorite goal would go to linda caicedo uh who was this going yeah. against you know, I think it was Germany. The, the, uh, skipped, yeah. When she skipped around two players and uh, mm-hmm. just like shifted to to to, to her right, and curled it uh, right in the top corner. That one, right in the top end. Sh- shout out to the probably the only highlight for Ireland was Katie McCabe's goal from the corner. That was insane and... too. I, I think that was like there were a few comments on social media that went like hey, it wouldn't happen in the men's game. But I, I thought no the one delivery in the world was... would save that. There's nobody in the world. Like, it, unless you're Thibaut Courtois and you're 6-7, there's no chance. Yeah. And it's one of those things, I think, I think, like, once the goalkeeper sort of takes a, those couple steps forward and they're called out like that, it's that's tricky for it. For any goalkeeper from that position, like, you, maybe if you're wise to it, you, you stay on your line and, and you don't get caught out. But mm-hmm. from that position and that that delivery, it's it's ridiculously hard to stop. Yeah. But um, yeah, Sam's care as well. Uh, Sam Kerr's goal oh, in yeah. uh, uh, against England was was great as well. Final. Uh, she did miss a couple of sitters after that, which uh, dented yeah. uh, her experience a bit. Um, George, now an interesting question here is that Serena Vigman, there has been talk, let's say. Uh, that they're considering the FA is considering uh, when eventually Gareth Southgate leaves because he's not going to be there forever to uh, replace him with Serena Vigman. What do you think? Well, she, uh, she clearly done well in in a, in a cup competition and, and you know won, won Euros as well. But no, I I, I don't think ah, I don't think it'd be appropriate. Like, as much as I'd love to see. Um, you know, uh, women's manager in the in, in the men's game. I, I don't think that's the right step. I, 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 think, I think I I I don't think the I um, think the scrutiny level uh, yeah. on, on a on an England team that actually is probably going to go through a bit of a transition, losing mm. likely Kane in the next few um you know few tournaments, and I imagine they give Southgate the next it, one. Uh, Emma Hayes, I, I, now if Emma Hayes wanted to do, it, I, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be a bit more open to to that that thought. Interesting, interesting. It would be remiss of me not to mention my experience of last week, since last episode came out, of watching Lionel Messi live. Uh, he uh, came to Philadelphia, well, Chester, which is south of Philadelphia, Philadelphia Union. Obviously, I work. Um, on game days for them and 
he uh, he visited with Inter Miami in the League's Cup semifinal. League's Cup, I mentioned th- two weeks ago that it's not... It's a waste of a time of time of a tournament, in my opinion, but uh, it made me watch Messi. So, yeah, I suppose there's that. We lost 4-1, which was our biggest feat in, one, in I want to say, three years. Uh, and Messi scored from 40 yards or whatever. But I found myself, like, disappointed still that we still lost so heavily. Because in reality, we should have won. Like, none of the four goals were... All of them were savable. Alder Blake had a, had a disappointing game. Um, but yeah, real real privilege to, to be able to watch uh, Messi up close. And yeah, there was that. Well, what was, what was the sort of... I, I get the feeling in America, all, everyone's welcoming Messi to their yeah. stadium. Yeah. The, the, there's, no, there's nobody like given sort of maybe a more European reaction of like, Come on, then, big lad. That sh- show us what you're made of, and then a few boos, a few jeers. Everybody saw sort well, of an awe of him, or maybe Phil- I'm wrong. Philadelphia Union tried that, right? Uh, the Sons of Ben, who are like our ultras group and have their own like uh-huh. end, they tried. What's their name? Uh, Sons of Ben, Benjamin Franklin, uh, right? Okay, so they tried. Uh, they didn't really succeed because Messi scored on the end inside 20 minutes. Um, yeah, and that silenced them. Yeah, but uh, the, the, there were loud, loud boos when Lionel Messi's name was announced in the opposition lineup. Uh, like, very loud. Like, one of the loudest boos oh, okay. I've, I've heard in, in Super Park. Um, bearing in mind, we obviously broke the attendance record in Super Park history. But, yeah. What, what was the attendance? That, that's, what, that's one of the things you keep track of still, is it? I uh, I don't remember the actual number, but my assumption is between twenty two and twenty three thousand. Bearing in mind the stadium holds eighteen and a bit thousand, there was thousands of standing fans. Oh right, um, okay. And uh, like a lot of people in suites and stuff. Uh, it's just like crowded everywhere. But yeah, there was that, and and then into Miami went on to win League's Cup. Obviously, Messi wins his forty fourth trophy and becomes the most decorated player ever. Chalk. Onto the Premier League. Onto the Premier League. Right then. Moises Caicedo debut after his 115 million pound. Pound, right? Yeah. Signing yeah. for Chelsea. Uh, and had an absolute shocker, didn't he, George? Yeah, not ideal. Stinker. Uh, away a penalty and, and I think he gave the ball away eight times. It probably was a, few, a bit less than that, but it seemed like he gave As the a ball substitute. away times. As a substitute. Um, yeah. You know he's he's not been training really, um, and he's not been playing a lot for for Brighton. So I'm I'm not too worried. I think it's a lot, lack of ma- match fitness and uh, sharpness. Obviously, the headlines are going to be you know 150 million man. You know he's he's an absolute flop already. That to me is fine. I think I'd you know lower expectations a little bit. Let him mm. get into the squad gradually. Um, I'm going to see the positives of Caicedo, which is hopefully returning to a four at the back um, because we've got a solid um, defensive midfielder. That's what really, I think, was the the main harm for Chelsea. As much as we did create chances, we, we none of them were clear-cut. Um, and, you know, 
being able to get a few more bodies in the midfield and, and further forward in the midfield, I think will help the, the, the lone striker. Um, so, yeah, it's not great, obviously, spending that much money on a player who's going to give you a penalty. But um, thank God it wasn't the, the, the winning goal because that would have been an absolute nightmare. It, it's weird to me that he does go three at the back, Mauricio Pochettino, given all pre-season, uh, and I've, I've had the chance to watch them uh, in the summer series. The four at the back was like looked great. It looked fantastic yeah. and very well balanced. But like you got rid of uh um Casadei, oh, not got rid of, that's a bit strong. Um loan Casadei out that's to Leicester City. I feel like he would have been a good option in, in a double like a good backup option in a double pivot, but I suppose he, there's the argument of he needs regular football. Um there's a lot. A lot of people say he's he's too attacking as well, Ali. I think I think he's he, he, he's. But that's more the of, point, though. Like, like if if Caicedo, if you play a double pivot of Caicedo and Casadei, I think that works super well. Caicedo is on the left and Casadei to to his right. It would work like a like McAllister Caicedo double pivot in Brighton, or when McAllister did it with let's say Pascal Gross. McAllister has that you know license to go forward. Uh, and then you have a number ten in front of it. Obviously, Kunku's injured, which yeah. hurts as well. But like, I, it gives me I, I feel like it got weakened a little bit. Yeah, I I, th- I think I think Castai, from what I've been able to see him so far in his roles, is that he's almost like um, he he could almost almost end up as like a ten or second striker at times. Like mm-hmm. he he really loves getting in the box. Yeah. So, but I just can't see him in a in such a deep role at the moment, given how young he is, he doesn't come across like he's strong enough defensively just yet. Like the, the they were saying like that mm. Santos was, was actually the, is the preferred one out of the two to get a, a chance this season in, in Chelsea's first team. And, and obviously that, that's proven. Now Santos, I don't know if he, he'll end up going, going out and loan as well. There's talk of that happening still, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 we definitely need to move to a back four. It's been disappointing that we haven't. I think mm-hmm. it's just because it's it, these games matter that I think maybe Potts didn't want to risk um, r- risk playing playing without like good defensive midfielder. But it's interesting to to not play a um, a, a defensive midfielder, but then play Gallagher out of position. Um, and it, and you're like, well, if you're already playing Gallagher out of position, wh- why not? Why wouldn't you sort of put Enzo as the deepest player? Yep. And and then Gallagher in his more natural position, and just play a a four at the back. And the Sassy, he's he hasn't had the best of starts to his his Chelsea career. I thought I thought Antonio was like had him sussed and. Uh, uh, and they've done him a couple of times with his first with his strength and then with the skill and then yeah unbelievable strike for Antonio's go- uh, goal uh, but De Sassi wasn't tight enough I didn't think De Sassi was great in, in the Liverpool game either though he got the goal I thought he got a wee bit better after after he got the goal um but um but yeah it's the Sassi um he was actually all right. Whenever I watched the highlights back of Chelsea, I actually noticed he made some good um, line-breaking passes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I thought defensively he's he, he's not quite up to speed yet. Mm-hmm. But then, if who do we have 
to go alongside. What like I look be if we can we have to have Thiago Silva in the back four, which I'm not too sure on. Especially after the weekend, he, Thiago Silva didn't have his best game either. Um, and he's sorry, so, yeah, he's got to stop at some point. <laughs> like he's he's got to yeah. stop being your best defender at like at one point well, or another. It's when we've been really unlucky with the injuries, I think, and um, and so it's Colwell, but who else but alongside him? Uh, Chalaba, I think, still has got an injury. Otherwise, he'd be my my first choice at the moment. I'm starting to think maybe going forward, it, it, I'd like Badashile and Kowal, even though they're both left sided. I think fine. The, the the two best centre backs, and they're both good enough that surely one of them playing on the right won't won't cause too much of a disruption. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, it, it's yeah, they've done well. It's one a really annoying game. It was an almost game for Chelsea. Like mm. I thought, Nicholas Jackson had a lot of almost moments. Almost scored and almost got past the player to almost made a pass. And and then Sterling was fantastic. Um, really, really good. Um, uh, Enzo missed the penalty, but was good otherwise. Yeah, it'll it'll come it'll come for Chelsea. I don't as George said, it's it's it's, it's not the end of the world and. Um, we sh- I don't think we should get caught up with it too much, yeah. but but I the thing about Potch is that he is ex Spurs, and until he starts getting a few wins, <laughs> there'll be Chelsea fans not yeah. forgetting <laughs> that he was ex Spurs. So we do need sort of the good times and the good because like the bad times are like they're like it only it's in everybody's short term memory how yeah. bad last season was. Yeah. So like I'm and there's there's so much pressure and so much money being spent that like I think I'd have although like <laughs> that we shouldn't be rushing into like calling it a bad season for Chelsea. It's like I think the like the fans will have a really short patience for if, if the results don't start coming because because. But it hasn't been good for like two seasons, and last year was such a disaster. So it 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 uh, it's on a knife edge. I we're not quite on a knife edge yet, but we need a win against Luton on Friday night badly. Yeah, especially short patience. Given the, I think the main point is going back to a back five and the same old problems of just not being able to convert chances and yeah. crosses. Like it was so it was it was almost like just watching a, a game of the last two seasons, and that's what Potch was going to come in to completely change in terms of changing up the style of play, being a little bit more on the front uh, front foot, counter-attacking more often, rather than just keeping the ball. We had like 76% possession, back five, created chances, didn't score them. It was was watching the same same old Chelsea, unfortunately, (laughs) with a completely different team. So, yeah, that'll change, I'm almost saying, with Caicedo, but let's just just hope we bring something fresh. It's just really, it's, it's like we've been so unlucky with injuries. Like I say, we've been lucky with injuries. We spent a lot of money, so we should yeah. have have yeah. a squad to to to, co- to cover it. But and one of them was Malgusto, who I thought done okay. Um, I like Malgusto uh, a lot. Um, well, we'll see how we go. There, there was some Leon fans that were over the moon that they got so much money and and think that maybe he's not so good one on one, but. Um, from what I've seen him so far, I'm pretty happy. Um, but um, but Reece James being getting injured again is is just 
so annoying. But thankfully, we have a good replacement this time around. Yeah. Um, Chuck Wameka, he took his goal brilliantly, then but injured. then injured. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then, as we've already touched on, Casado comes on and just has, has a shocker. Okay, see you. Uh, so, there's, it's there's a good a... job we brought, brought another DM. So if Casado doesn't work out, we'll just chuck that to me. <laughs> and if he doesn't work out, we'll chuck the other fellow. He still haven't worked out how to say his name, but it begins with you. Uguchuku, uh, uh, I think. Uguchuku. I have a massive amount of shadow for it towards voices Casado, and I hate it. I hate that I feel that way, but I do. But, but, we got someone. We got someone. What's our endo? Now, this is a Jurgen Klopp signing who he very publicly and straightforwardly said, this is not something FSU wanted. This is something I had to convince them to do. I've been a fan of this guy for years, and I've tried to get him in before, and I finally got him. 30 years old. Looks like the age is not going to be a massive issue. I'm not too worried. He's played 33 games three seasons in a row in, in like the league. So he looks like he's not uh, the injury-prone 30-year-old Tiago that we signed in 2020. Uh, it, it's, it looks like something completely different. A uh, sure ball winner, like by far our best ball, ball winner now in, in midfield by a mile because he's the only specialized player in that sort of role. Um, it makes me optimistic about that was defensive ability and our how assured we how more assured we will be when defending in midfield. However, there are two observations here that that I made from uh, from our game against Bournemouth. Is one, Endo needs to start in a double pivot. And the player next to him needs to be a playmaker. So that will be either Alexis McAllister or Thiago or third choice Stefan Bacetic. Because he needs to win the ball and just pass it on to the guy that can actually pick a pass. 36% pass completion over the last 360. Uh, no, 36 percentile. Sorry, I remembered it wrong. He's in the 36th percentile for pass completion. It would be absolutely disastrous, but uh, 36th percentile doesn't look yeah. great either. Um, he's just yeah. not great at ball retention, and we see we we saw a little sample of that where he just got very easily like just eased off the ball. His he doesn't seem to have a lot of awareness of what's around him, and in terms of like scanning who's coming behind him, which is the same issue with Trent. I don't want Trent to play in DM. I'm done with that. He needs to play it right back. He needs to have the whole game in front of him. He is not good at receiving the ball with his back to the play. Just no. He will lose the ball a lot of the time. So, in my opinion, let's just play a 4-2-3-1. McAllister next to Endo. Sobozlai in front of him. Or, let's say Endo... McAllister and Sobosai is eights, where McAllister has a bit of uh, a more of a license to go uh, forward and act as the uh, playmaker in the middle. Sobosai was fantastic against Bournemouth. Absolutely amazing. And, well, relative to Jordan Henderson, anyway, he looks like yeah. he's uh, one of the best replacements possible for Henderson. Like, one of the biggest upgrades possible. Uh, 13 progressive carries over his last two games. 
seven out of eight long ball completion. And, and, and these two factors are important because we're trying to be so much more direct now, so much more aggressive. And the time it takes us from starting the, the attack to finishing a chance is try Klopp is trying to decrease that a lot. Maybe partly so we don't have to do so much hard work uh, in terms of running. Maybe we just like we're starting to get the ball into the back of the net as soon as possible. Um, or we're just like trying to catch teams out more and be more aggressive and take a more of a Red Bull approach, which I'm all for. It's fine. Um, but I feel like Endo is an okay signing. Just not what I hoped, looked for. And I still think if we get an injury, it will de downgrade us quite a lot. And I would love to see this is a plead <laughs> to everyone associated with Liverpool to just go get, just go get Ibrahim Sangare. Just go get him and everything will be fine. I promise you. The, the, the good thing about Enzo is that, it, like you said, Endo. you're, uh, Endo, sorry. Yeah. Um, you're disappointed with it, not disappointed with the signing, but it's, it's no, fairly underwhelming. No, no, no. Uh, but what I'm saying is yeah. it's, it's underwhelming. It's what I was looking for. No, but it's under, it's underwhelming, and that's good for him, and it's good for Liverpool in the sense that he can't flop like Caicedo can um, in terms of profile. Yeah, the one Doesn't reason have the I'm, of the price sixteen and a half million. The one re reason I'm concerned about him as a player is he's played for a team that have consistently underperformed and been pretty terrible in the Bundesliga. Um, I think they finished, what, like 16th and 15th maybe the past two yeah. seasons. So his, yeah. his defensive stats, these kind of teams, their defensive stats do tend to be a little bit better. True. Um, Very true. Uh, and I don't know how Stuttgart a player can profess, but I can't imagine being that low in the table that they, they play much of a possession-based and they probably get dominated for most of the game. So it'd be interesting to see him transition into a Liverpool side where, yeah, his, his stats might look good in terms of defensive recoveries. But yeah, when yeah. he's on the ball so much, when a team dominates possession, how does he fare? Again, it doesn't really matter if he flops because he's not all too expensive and he wasn't high profile before that. But, you know, for, for Liverpool, that, that would be the one concern. But hey, late bloomers are a thing. Like, DDA Drogba went to Chelsea at, what, 25? It's like twenty four. It's not too. 24. It's not too late. But yeah, ish. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Endo came to the Bundesliga at twenty six years old, I think. And so, and the age, the age doesn't concern me that much. Um, James McLean signed for Sunderland when he's twenty two. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Manchester United. Um, I'm. I feel glad they lost against Tottenham. There are obvious reasons why I. I hope this club fails, and they they lost pretty handily against Spurs there. And there was that was a weird game in terms of United were just playing so. Ex like there was so much expression about the first half performance, and so much like arrogance and like fancy tricks that all like came off. Uh, Bruno Fernandes missed a sitter that if, if that was going to be a goal, it would have been one of the best build-ups of the season. Like, the ball into him was, like, so mm. cheeky. Uh, like, it's one of those where he, how has he found this freedom that nobody saw him coming from, from around the back? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad they, they got us out um, by a incredibly hard-working Tottenham side 
Saar and Basuma are going to be surprising in terms of players we didn't see performing as well as they have so far. Saar's shot map against Man United was like all inside the six-yard box. They he had like five shots from inside the, the area. It was fascinating. It was really fascinating. I'm I'm worried that Spurs have got off to the races because I was sort of hoping that, that that you know a new style and and a new new manager might take a bit of time for things to bed in. Um, I mean they they only got drawn their first game, but mm. against a good Brentford team, um, and then maybe Man United are, are a bit undercooked as well. But um, but I do think Ange is going to be a good manager, and the fact that they started so well. I'm just like, oh no, is this is this going to be a good season for them? Uh, but yeah, I'm I really like Madison. I think Madison's great. Yeah, and, and I think he he's coming into this team, and now Kane's gone. He likes being the main man, and with Son not being as as good as he has previously been, I think Madison will sort of take that in his stride and and try and uh, be their talisman. Um, as well, but um, but yeah, great result for them. Uh, but Man United maybe should have scored more as well. Spurs, Spurs still need a need a striker though, don't they? In terms Absolutely. of the goals that they 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 scored, you know, it, you know they're not exactly what a goal's a goal, but they're not where you want your goals to come from. You want your goals to come from a striker. I know that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but you want it. From no, yeah, it's true. He's going to score twenty goals, and I, I still like Richarlison not as a player and as a footballer I think he's a diver and, and sort of whiny but um, you know his play style certainly from Brazil I, you know I quite like his aggression yeah. and the way yeah. he moves off, off the ball I think there's still something in him for, for for his Tottenham career I just I just do think that's an obvious area of maybe just bringing in someone a little bit different a target man they've got two fantastic wingers in Son and, and Kulisevsky Still, they need to perform. They've not been fantastic, but they they've got ability. They bring in a, a well workhorse. I think I think they get something out of those two a players. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder where they go for Tony in um well in, in January. I wonder mm. if you could get him on the cheap now. Get him on the cheap now while while his six month ban yeah. sort of continues. And, um, yeah. Although, yeah. Although in saying that, he literally just came out in an interview, diary of a CEO, and said he was a Liverpool fan and likes Arsenal. So maybe maybe not Spurs. Um, but I, I I like I think Ange will be the Richarlison whisper and um and get. I I I think. Watch out if Richarlison gets his first goal, um, and but not just like it can't just be like a crappy like scrappy no. goal. Once he once he gets a, a goal that is good and that will give him a bit of confidence, I do worry if 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 um if he'll start buying them in and we'll see uh, Brazilian, we'll see R nine Richarlison, um potentially. Hey, Peter Kratz went on this long drought and then hit. Hit hit a ball off someone's butt and then it like looped in and dropped into the in, into the goal and it was probably an own goal but it it was given to Peter Crouch and then it was all um you know it went it came came better. The other thing about this game was that Bruno Fernandez had the cheek 
to tell the media that the referee should apologize for not giving them a penalty. But when the week before, Anana clattered into uh, someone from Wolves. I don't remember who it was. And uh, yeah, the, penalty, the penalty wasn't wasn't given. Obvious penalty, just not just not given. But I don't well, want to talk about it, like. It, Oh, gone, is it, it's, it's not necessarily hypocrisy. He's he, he's just saying like you know, he it, no, nobody asked him at the previous week. Maybe he would have went. Oh look, last week we got lucky. This yeah. week the uh, we didn't. We got unlucky. Yeah. The common denominator. Common denominator is we've got shit refs. You know yeah. that, <laughs> possibly, the point possibly. still stands. Now I don't want to talk about any of the decisions. There's been there was five red cards, including one weird one today. Uh, the Manchester United, uh, sorry, um, Chris Palace Arsenal game. Just Tommy finished. Asu. Tommy Asu <laughs> got one of the harshest red cards of two yells that were frankly ridiculous. But I don't want to talk about any of the decisions, but about how they're trying to improve because they clearly are trying, and what can be done to make more sense of this or make it make more sense if you know what i mean so some of the new some of the new measures that have been uh, kind of implemented apart from 30 seconds before a player injured goes out and gets treatment comes back on there's the 30 second allowance um player behavior and more like strictness in terms of handing out yellows and and reds um if a player gestures for a card that's a yellow uh, that sort of thing and we've seen already examples of the football league um, of, of that happening uh, and leading to red yellow card accumulation which led to red cards uh, which was mm-hmm. pretty weird like it's all a bit surreal that, that all that is happening and we've seen five red cards this game week which is un- it has to be some sort of record but yeah there's some weird ones there now obviously like I, as I said I don't want to talk about decisions but some of those are being appealed already. Oxus McAllister's red card is being appealed. Understandably so, because like if that's a red card, there's going to be a red card every single game. The yellows today for Tomiyasu, one was for time-wasting, which was also, I, th- I believe, one of the strict measures that they're taking. What happened with that... I, li- is I, that- I like that one, though. But, but, Kai Havertz had the ball for a much longer time than Tomiyasu had. Tomiyasu got the yellow card. So he gave the ball to Tomiyasu. He had the ball in his hands for eight seconds on the dot. And then he threw. And then he got the yellow. Like, he'd already played the throw before the whistle went. So the yellow card in and of itself is wrong. So, like... I, I don't think so. I, I don't uh, agree. I, sure? I, time with, I, I just time like he with... shouldn't get the yellow because he didn't... Like, he... He didn't have well, he, the he knew, that he, long. He knew, how, he knew how much time had been wasted already. So yeah. it was his decision to carry on the time wasting and, and not throw it sooner. Just because he only had it for eight seconds doesn't make a difference. Your team had it for, I think it was 23 seconds, I think the commentator said. Mm. Um, and they'd already been warned to hurry up. So mm. th- this is the new th- new th- new thing. Um, it happened with, I remember we talked about it a while ago, that happened with um, Northern Ireland. Um, were time wasting and it was a throw in and it was really early on in the game mm, and yeah. I think it was Jamal Lewis mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it was it was time wasting anyway and he got a second yellow but it was because the whole team in general were getting um, 
what a time waster. So players just have to be smarter about it. Like players are very smart about how they time waste. Mm-hmm. They now need to be smart about are you on a yellow card already and your team's time wasting well, you better not be the one holding the ball. He wasn't yeah. on a yellow. Like 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 the like the f- for like for years, they, like a good dirty team will share out the yellow cards, taking down players, and yeah. just yeah. just do the same for for time for time wasting yellow cards. Yeah, and um, uh, so I, I don't have any sympathy there. I think that's one of the good measures that has been brought in. Yeah, I and agree, generally, well, and as with all these things, it starts off with a lot of yellows and red cards until people learn. And then it cuts it out because the managers will not play players if they consistently pick up yellow and red cards and mm-hmm. and cost their team points. So like it it'll it'll come around eventually. Um, uh, uh, the time wasting. I Tommy asked you second yellow incredibly harsh now because I, yeah. I I don't it, it, mm. uh, I don't know if there was much of a tug, but the first one I thought was was earned. Um, it, it's just a new way of giving out that yellow card, but I, I, I welcome it. Yeah, and, and for, for me, I remember a couple of years ago, that, like this happens all the time. Every year there's a new changing of either the handball rule or anything else. Yeah. Pushing in the box was the other push, one. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Holding and pushing in the box was a big one. And I remember at the start of the Premier League season, there were so many penalties being given for pulls and pushes and, 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 and shoves in the box during set pieces. Mm-hmm. Eventually, teams learn to stop pulling people's shirts and yeah. pushing people over. And yeah. with, with anything like, like Fergal says, it will just be a correction, maybe not to fully you know stop time-wasting, but to a more mm-hmm. normal state in terms of football. Uh, I think the, the sub-1 also helps in terms of stopping time-wasting. It's clear that people go down and go down for a very, very specific reason to waste time. Um, so I love the the ten minute added on in terms of games, in terms of minutes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, with, with that, I find frustrating though because you, if you're a player, you're you're playing, you're watching the clock, and you're like, we've got you know, we've played the ninety minutes, and then there'll be some out of time. Now it's very hard; it'd be very hard to gauge, and the fact that there actually are just keeping track of the the exact seconds the ball's out of play, well, why don't they just stop the clock? I don't get why football is so against stop, stopping the clock and just um and, and just doing that because you know what? Th- then, th- then everybody in the stadium understands. The players are able to see exactly how much uh, time. I also think that stopping the clock also might make the players get on with it even more. If the referee is able to go like, time stopped, and like so, you the players are able to tell like, well, like I can waste all the time. I can waste all the time I want yeah. now, but it's actually like the clock stopped. Where you know, it, it, nothing's happening here. So, um, I, 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 I do like the fact that that time is now being added on. But if we could, um, if we could make it so it's less of a guessing game as to for the fans in the stadium, as the point was made. Like the 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 longer fans are in the stadium, like they they might not get home as quickly and stuff like that, and yeah. it could cause other issues that way. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how that one develops. But I, for some reason, football just seems so against stopping the clock entirely. 
But I think I think it's something that's just inevitable. The way, if they're going to be bringing um, this out of time on, out of time in. In 2018, I went to my first college soccer game in the University of Virginia in a game that featured Daryl Dar- DK. Shout out Daryl DK of West Bromwich Albion. He's currently injured. Sad. Uh, and that's the first time I've seen I, I saw the stop clock thing, and I immediately thought like my first thought was why is it this a thing everywhere? Uh, and I totally agree with you, Fergal. This is this is going to happen at some point because you know the footballing world will realize like when you add a Portsmouth game, I think was was had like twenty four minutes added on, like that's yeah. just. That's just ridiculous, you know? It it's, mm. it looks bad. Like, as a sport, it looks weird. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. it ha- if it has a, a stop clock, either going upwards or, like, counting up or counting down, I think counting down is more enter- entertaining. Um, yeah. But I think it will come. I think it will come. When I, th- I, th- I think that would it. be too much of a... The pundits would go mental at that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. would be. They will be. Uh, you can see Roy, Roy the, Keane. 10 minutes out of honor. Roy, Roy Keane would not be happy with that, would he? <laughs> time has come to choose the short king of the week. This time we have some candidates now. We have, we yeah. have a few. Um, and the one I'm going to put forward. Wait, hold on. Fergal, you go first. I need to check something. I'm, I've am i got two in my head. I was hoping that you would say one and then I might say the other. Um, it was actually three. I, I have Sterling and Cecil oh, and so, uh, Ward Price. What? You've taken them all, Fergal. <laughs> you've taken them all. Uh, and, yeah, I had... So, I had so uh, go ahead, go ahead, George. Since I, I thought more, well, go on. I, I didn't have Sterling because I just, although he played well, I, I don't think he did. Enough yeah, and Chelsea lost. Game. Chelsea lost. Yeah, but I did have Inciso and, and Ward Prowse, and leaning towards Ward, Ward Prowse because he's just to have a player like that in the team is just so useful. Like so, you know, and he's not exactly a liability throughout the game. He's not just you know a numbers yeah. man. You know, he can keep the ball well. He can defend well, but. To have someone who can put it on a sixpence every single time, no matter corner, free kick, you know, whatever it may be. Especially for West Ham. Uh, Huge. Absolutely huge for them going forward. It'd be interesting to see how many goals he actually creates this year. Um, So that's, I'd say that's that's my shell. Ali? I I checked on Christian Pulisic. Should we take a peek at Pulisic? As he uh, debuted with AC Milan, it, you, if you want to make that your your uh, segment, <laughs> go ahead, Ali. Yeah, this this could be the segment where we look at Americans, all the Americans that are playing abroad. It's an exciting time. Brendan Aronson is thriving with Berlin, and because uh, if Pulisic scored a screamer today uh, against Bologna, we, we, we could Amazing we could stuff. check on cheek as well. Check on cheek, good. Good, I like it. Um, but my, my pick is going to be uh, John McGinn, who I sold in fantasy uh, stupidly yeah. because they're going to play Everton. But he hadn't scored at uh, he had scored in ages, and I don't know why I brought brought him in. Basically, uh, because I had high hopes of Villa, and I suppose he's you know the most 
He's the number 10 for Aston Villa. So I, I brought him in initially. I thought, yeah, let's, let's spin him. But uh, stupid decision because he scored against Everton uh, and uh, had a very good game. Well, I, I was going to go for Nciso because he's the shortest of them all. At, at and he had a brilliant game too. Yeah. Brighton are cooking. I'll, I'll, just so uh, we'll get the majority and we can we can end this quickly, I'll go for James Ward-Price um, mm. since uh, two assists on his debut. Hard to beat. Uh yeah. And, and was, was he last year's? Did Joking he win? This? <laughs> <laughs> he won the poll. Hey, he the I poll. Back. <laughs> I blame you so much. I was raging whenever I, because whenever I, I wasn't on that episode, I was absolutely raging whenever I saw that Twitter post. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then I got my vote and I saw what price won. I was like, hell on earth, is what price won? Shocking. Anyway. It was a campaign from the listeners to vote for War Prowse uh, to uh, yeah. break the vote, which uh, they didn't agree with the choices. So, um, yeah. Shame, shame. Shame, is... shame on us, mate. Shame <laughs> on all of us. Uh, he is the show king of the week, though, for week two. James War Prowse, congratulations on your two assists with uh, West Ham United this week. Including a beautiful corner, typically, of him. And that is the end of the episode. End on a high. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, boys. We'll be back next week for more. And uh, yeah, everybody else, have an amazing week. Hopefully we see Harry next week as well with us. So um, yeah. All right. Goodbye. Good luck. I don't know. I don't know how to end this episode. I, I don't know why. Cheers. 